I'm going to ask you to imagine with me for a, a while. Imagine you walk into a room. You go down and you see a carpet on the floor and you pull the carpet back. And wow, there's a trapdoor. A trapdoor, you lift the trapdoor open and it reveals a staircase. And you go down the staircase into a dark room. You, you go around with your hands in front of you searching for something and you, you find a, a, a little string. And as you pull the string, the, the light reveals a glorious treasure. Imagine that, finding a treasure, a hidden treasure in a basement. And we see exactly that in our text tonight. The book of Revelation is like the process of finding this glorious treasure in the basement. It is a process of revealing the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, Him ruling and reigning over all of history. Revelation doesn't merely concern the unfolding of future events, but it also uh, gathers the information of, of events currently happening in the book. It presents these events not only as warning, but also as encouraging message to those believers living in that time. But because Christ is victorious, ruling and reigning over all of creation, they can find their security in Christ. They can enjoy everlasting peace in Christ's presence. I want us to look at two truths. And I know Revelation, there's lots to be revealed, so disappointing. And we're just going to look at two things tonight. Not going to go into a lot of detail. But I want us to look at these two truths that are being revealed from verses 1 and 8, or 2, 8, to make us worship our Lord Jesus Christ. And the first one is verses 1 to 3, revealing the person worthy of worship. Verses 1 to 3 serves as an introduction to the whole of the book. It helps the readers to see what they can expect, what they can expect to hear while they read the revelation and apply to their lives. In verses 1 and 2, the revelation is about Jesus Christ to these churches. It's interesting to see that it's, it says it, it came from God. So God the Father gives it to Jesus Christ, who gives it to the angel, who gives it to John, and John gives it to the churches. It's almost acting like a, a gift, a gift from God the Father to Christ saying, my son, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift you up for all the world to see who you are. You are the glorious king. You're the one worthy to be worshipped. I'm going to reveal you for who you are. You are the great prophet, priest, and king. And the believers in Asia needed to hear this. The people were persecuting these believers. They needed to know and find security in Christ while they are being persecuted. It, it, it exalts Christ with all power. And what greater teaching is this? To know that the one that you put all your faith in is ruling and reigning over all the earth. He is the one in control. Not these people that are per busy persecuting. My faith is in Christ. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and all the power belongs to him. 
Now, in the context of the book, it's, a, it's an unveiling of the glory of Christ. It shows that, uh, that Jesus Christ has all dominion and power, all the time, everywhere. It is this culmination. Remember in, in John 19, 30, where he cried out on the cross, it is finished, it's done. All the power belongs to me. All the authority belongs to me. And it kind of comes together in Revelation, showing that he is ruling and reigning. In verse 3, Revelation not only pronounces judgment on those that are, are unbelievers or faithless, but it's also a blessing. A blessing. It says, blessed is the one that reads the prophecy. Blessed is the one because they are seeing Christ for who he is. I'm putting my faith in you, not in my surroundings. Having received this vision from the angel, John gives this witness of this wonderful blessing to the recipients of the revelation. Why would Jesus, his ruling and reigning, be a blessing to those that hear? When they understand, why, why would this be a blessing? It's a blessing, like I said, because it's outside of them. I can't control my situation. I can't control the Roman Empire. But I can control my faith and my trust in Christ. And he's ruling and reigning over all these circumstances. I need to keep the word. I need to keep holding on to truth. And that should encourage them. It's a blessing because of the hope that a believer has in Christ. Nothing happens outside of his control. Even persecution. Even life circumstances. It's not outside of his control. They are secure in Christ. Hence, they can endure. Living in light of Jesus' victory over death is a blessing. More of that a little later. But that should control all of our lives. If we are in Christ Jesus, that should control us in the way we live, in the way we react, in the way we speak, in the way we think. It all is in Christ. We can be sure that Christ is Lord, that he has the authority he claimed. And we can be joyfully submitting to him as Lord. Let us look at verse 4 and 8. That's our second Point, revealing the blessing when you obey the revelation. So John is saying that Christ is victorious. I'm going to write and reveal who Christ is. Be secure in that. And this revelation gives believers the eternal perspective of God ruling and encouraging them. My life is not now. My life is yet to come. I'm busy working here and witnessing to people and living my life and reacting on these circumstances, but with the mindset of one day, enabling them to understand these commandments and motivating them to obedience. Don't let your life circumstances make you divert from the truth. It gives confidence in God's sovereignty over all earthly affairs and encourages them to stand strong in the face of difficulties that test their faith. We should appear, uh, appreciate the, the origin of grace and peace here. It's a Trinitarian blessing. The grace and peace comes from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful, comforting thought. And these churches, and John, being exiled to Patmos, 
desperately needed this message. They were undergoing intense persecution, as I said. The revelation is to assure the believers in these churches that Jesus is Lord and in control of all things. Later on in the book, John will write and saying, get your act together. This is a very good compliment, but these are the things that you need to work at. Fight the sin in your church. Why? Because you are in Christ Jesus. Live a holy life. It's glorious as John breaks into a doxology, reflecting on the person and the work of Jesus. It's a wonderful testimony. He says there that Jesus Christ loved us and that he washed us from sin with his own blood. Jesus said in John 15, 13, he says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Brother, sister, and these believers, they were all trapped in darkness. They were dead in their trespasses. Nothing other than Jesus could release them from that. Now, from darkness, they were moved into light. From death, they were made alive in Christ. What a blessing. What a blessing to know that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We don't have to sin. We are free from sin, able to worship God. As we heard this morning, why return back to sin? That captivates you. It's like an old ball and chain that you, you just drag around. Drag around and it prevents you from worshiping Christ for who he is. Why return? The blessing is to be released from sin. Their lives were already hard. And John says, your life is already hard because of persecution. Turn away from sin. It just makes it much worse. Focus on Christ. You are free. Have your mind on Christ. Jesus is the victorious one, making us kings and priests. He saved us from slavery and elevated us in the position of rulership. Because we are in Christ and He's ruling and reigning, we can rule and reign with Him. That is, we are presently kings and priests unto God the Father. Because of Jesus, we inherited that for, with Him. 1 Peter 2, 9-10 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is who we are, brothers and sisters. We are priests. We are princes. We are princesses. We are, we are in the kingdom of God, ruling and reigning with Him. Jesus Christ is sitting in the heavenly places on the right hand of the Father. He's conquered. He's victorious. It's finished. And since He is seated on the right hand of the Father, in the heavenly places, we are ruling with him. That is why he says in Matthew 28, all authority belongs to me, now go therefore. 
We are in him and we have the same authority. Now, how do we apply this to fighting sin? Brother, sister, every time that you choose to act righteously in Christ, when you turn away from sin, you are in that moment ruling and reigning over sin. We are free. We can say no. When we see believers gain victory over sin, we see the ruling and reigning in this life. And it's the gospel that helps us, that propels us forward, upwards, and away from sin. Do you know what really helps me when sin comes and knocks on the door? Is delayed gratification. Just 10 seconds. Ooh, I want to watch Oh, I want to blow my lid. Oh, I want to lose my temper. Oh, I want to speak gossip. And as you feel this, this almost, well, the fake joy of what sin gives you, you delay it with 10 seconds. 10 seconds and remind yourself of who Jesus is. Remind yourself to say, I am free from that fake joy. I am in Christ and my joy is in Him. I'm going to turn. I'm going to rule over this. Brothers, sisters, you have that power through Christ Jesus and His Holy Spirit. We can, if you are in Christ Jesus, we can rule in our circumstances because we are in Christ Jesus. And that is a powerful witness to the world and to one another. What a blessing. The sovereignty of God should make a practical difference in every believer's life. We must grasp our identity as people ruling in Christ. We are free from sin to worship Jesus. Brother, sister, if you delay that false gratification of sin, and you are ruling over that power, that is an act of worship. And Christ is worthy. In verse 7, we see God is ruling and reigning and He comes in judgment. He is the one that judges all people, beginning with those that pierced Him. A judgment came to Israel, to people throughout history, and it will come again in the future at His second coming. Where do you stand in light of God's judgment? If you are outside of Christ, you should take him seriously tonight. He is ruling and reigning. He is the conqueror. He is the king. He is God. Luke 13, 3-5 says that those that refuse to repent will perish. Where are you? He is not the one to be lightly dismissed. Yeah, I heard what Uncle Tommy said. Yeah, Tommy, whatever. You say that all the time. God is holy. God is just. And he will come in judgment once again. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Repent and embrace him as the king. 
verse 8, John makes it clear that Christ is God. The introduction to Revelation concludes with God saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. God describes himself as the Lord God, the Almighty. And this title indicates God's sovereign power over all things. He is seated on the throne. He is victorious. And John shows this victory with these words. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. It wasn't just back then when John showed the, the churches the revelation. He is still ruling and reigning. He is still having this dominion. It will not pass away. And his kingdom will not be destroyed. Are you in his kingdom or outside of his kingdom? I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is and which was and which is to come. The words here are interesting. If you read it back into verse 4, where it says, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. It's almost like a, a good sandwich. Verse 4 and verse 8 and then this meaty suction section in, this, in, in, the, in the middle. He just proclaims that Jesus is God. I am the I am. The words here where the Father is describing him as which is and which was and which is to come, Jesus Christ is claiming full equality with God. He is reigning. He has dominion in heaven and on earth. And since he has all authority, since he is the Almighty, we should take him seriously. Since Jesus has dominion and power over all things created, our blessing is that we are victorious in him. The price was paid. We are free in Christ Jesus. The revelation testifies that Jesus is sovereign over all things, over death. The blessing is that we can rest in that good news. Nothing happens out of his power and his sovereignty. Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and earth, is the one to be worshipped through the way we live. And that brings worship. But most of all, that brings peace. When you worship Christ for who he is, when you turn to him and turn your back to, against your, your sin and your life circumstances, that's when you find peace in Christ, knowing that he's ruling and reigning. You don't have to need to do all, make all these plans and, and try and be victorious over things because he's already victorious. And if you're in him, that's where the peace is. Revelation reveals to us to take Christ seriously in worship because he rules and has all authority. And when you take him as the savior, you can rest in him and have peace. Brother, sister, there is no better way to live than under the lordship of the one who was, who is, and who is to come. 
That is the treasure to discover. Now that, let that treasure launch you into worshiping the King of Kings. Let's close in prayer. Oh God, we praise you for who you are, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the one that is ruling and reigning. Holy Spirit, we plead with you that you would help us to turn our eyes to you, help us to, to be sensitive to your leading, help us to understand that we are ruling and reigning with Christ and that we would reflect that truth in, our, in the way we live our lives. Lord, help us to rule with you and in your power over our sin and let us live holy lives for your glory and your honor. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.